envision three female attorneys coming together to have our voices heard. Each of us would have different opinions, different passions, different backgrounds, and different views. Although we are different and unique, we are able to come together to discuss our experiences navigating through the legal profession and this thing called life. Now, the vision has come alive, and we invite you each and every week to listen to us as we talk about what's trending in the news and our legal insights tackle real-life issues that affect not only us as attorneys, but us as women of color. Disclaimer, this podcast is intended to provide entertainment and general information. The information provided and the views given are not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as legal representation. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever we are affiliated with now or will be affiliated with in the future. Hey guys, it's your girl Brandy and welcome back to another episode of No Further Questions. Um, I hope everybody's having a good day, a good week. It's the springtime, sun is out, fun stuff. But before we get started, let's go ahead and introduce. We're missing one today. We're missing Sam. So it's just me and T. Hutch holding it down for the masses. <laughs> Your real working attorneys. Just in case you didn't think we were, we really do work. We really do. Sometimes uh, work hinders us from showing up. Um, and so that's where Sam is. She's in the fields fighting crime one person at a time she's saving the children saving the babies yeah she's not today. a mm-hmm. yeah saving the babies today so you know we're holding it down correct and you know now since you know the governor of the of texas then open us up now everybody want to start the cases want to move along so you know it's a busy spring it's a busy spring governor <laughs> governor yes but before we get started, we have a wonderful guest on our show. She is Teria's cousin. Teria, you got to do the honors. <laughs> oh, okay, so this is my live and in-living cousin. We're first cousins. Our moms are sisters. Um, she's a few years older than me. I say that she is the yin to my yang. So whereas I am the introvert, textbook style she's the extrovert textbook style she's the one that people meet and they're like wow so your people are nice and fun and exciting that's her that's shay shay lee she got married so it became hornsby <laughs> thank you cousin i am shay lee hornsby thank you so much for inviting me here i really appreciate that Yes, I am the more lively. I'm I'm like pretty much everyone else in the family. And the only reason why Taria is not like us because she just got tired of all of us being so friendly and warm and excited about everything. So most of us are like this, like me. <laughs> so, but it's all good. Um, Taria gets along with my little one very well, who is more like her. <laughs> Slow to warm and, you know, meets strangers always. <laughs> Where I don't, but um, beyond being Teria's cousin, um, I am a HR recruiter. I've spent my career um, and you know in recruitment, and I've done um, re- university recruiting, uh, corporate recruiting, um, diversity recruiting, which I know we'll talk about a little bit uh, more. I've lived internationally and done global recruitment on, on an international level. And then also I am a um, host and a creator of a podcast called Cool Careers Podcast, where I highlight journeys of other people's careers to really uh, use it as a tool to um, advise uh, others about their careers, because everyone really kind of wants to take the elevator up to their, you know, on on their journey and they're not willing to take the stairs. And sometimes if you hear about other people's uh, journeys, then you'll understand what it takes and what they've done and really um, absorb some of the information. What I really like is people aren't really interested in receiving information and learning from it. So my space is, uh, is learning about your career and learning about the, really the options as well. Like some things you, you went to school for one thing and then you get out and guess what? You're doing something else. And we're making transitions. We're not, we're, a lot of us are doing several things like you guys. 
And so sometimes we're transitioning to other areas and we need advice on doing that as well. And we're not always exposed to those people right at our fingertips. So we can do that in, in social media. So I'm honored to be here with you ladies to talk to you about all the things that you have on your list to discuss. So let's do it. <laughs> well, of course, you know, nobody's oblivious, oblivious what's going on in the news and, you know, what's been going on at least for the last year or so. You know, we can't get away from racism, microaggressions and things like that. And so now, you know, we've been discussing it pretty much almost every episode as much as we can, but we've never really, like, I think now we're going to focus on in the workplace. Like, you know, I don't think we made a, a particular topic just about microaggression, racism, racism in the workplace. How does that look? How should we handle it? You know, and even though the world is caught, well, even though, you know, people been working from home, you can still, you have experienced it pre-COVID, post-COVID, during COVID in some form or fashion. So this topic is basically racism in the workplace. And is it really zero tolerance? Like, that's the question. So first question for you, our HR recruiter, <laughs> define, because we hear this word, and I said it, we hear this word so many times, microaggression. Yes. What is that? And what does that look like? So that, these are like these small little, really, you know, you might receive microaggressions all the time, but you don't even know that they are microaggressions. And even the people that are making the microaggressions may not even know that they are considered microaggressions. So I, I would take heed to, you know, even if you're, even though you're watching this podcast, that you Google it so you can see examples of what that looks like and that sort of thing. But, you know, little microaggressions like, oh my God, you know, like, how do you do that to your hair? How's your, how's your hair um, curly one day? And, um, you know, straight the next and that sort of thing. And a lot of times, in my opinion, uh, microaggressions really often um, come from a place of curiosity. So sometimes I do feel sad for people who are just naturally curious and they actually are in a space of learning and they're not necessarily trying to be offensive. But it's all about you being aware and staying aware. If you're not around people that don't look like you, uh, often, because a lot of times in the workplace is the only time you're around people that don't look like yourself, right? Many people, that's their space. So when you don't, you don't know how to interact and you don't know that what you're seeing are microaggressions. I've heard people say little things like, you know, oh, your name sounds funny. So where are your people from? Where are your parents from? Where were they from before that? You know, because your answer might be, I'm from Dallas. <laughs> no, before that, you know. So I will give you a small example of a, a microaggression that I actually um, don't mind sharing because I actually used to kind of embrace it, right? So prior to being a Hornsby, my name was Shay Lee for 30 years. <laughs> so I was Asian for 30 years. <laughs> okay, so yes, everyone just assumed on the phone, if you talk to me on the phone prior in recruiting that I was Shay Lee, I, everyone kind of assumed that I was Asian. So you talk to me all this time and then you show up or I show up at your place and they're looking for an Asian person and they walk right past me and you know, and they're like, no, I'm no, I'm Shay. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> are you sure you're Shay? <laughs> Those are, even though I embraced it and I always thought it was funny because I played around with it. Um, that is a microaggression people have in their head and then when they meet you because they had something in their space that you that I was one thing then when they do meet you then you're something else and they don't really know what to do with you right and so your relationship kind of changes a little bit because it's like well no I thought you were Asian which people have their own thoughts of what they think what that means when you're Asian that your intellectual level is high and that you know that you know you you have cleaner eating, that you are more disciplined, that you're more submissive, that you're more agreeable, um, that you're not going to have any. There's all these you know I would say narratives that people kind of drive when they see other cultures, and we have our own as as black women. And so to go from being an Asian woman to a black girl, because sometimes this be a, a, a smile to a frown. <laughs> But I actually used to love it. I'm very, very comfortable with with all, you know, people. And that did not bother me at all. And I used to be, I used to just be kind of tickled about it. 
you know, <laughs> so, like little, little things like that. So, you know, to answer your question, they, they, they come in all different shapes, forms and, and sizes, but it really comes from a space of drawing a conclusion, right? Or, 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 or stepping into someone's spaces and being kind of inappropriate, whether it is trying to touch someone's hair or ask people about, you know, um, you know, their background as if they're foreign or they don't belong. Any space where you try to make someone feel like they're different from you is really a microaggression. And that might be um, something really serious to people and it may not be as serious to other people. It really does depend on how that person takes it, right? If you, if, if you, if you thought I was Asian, and there are people like, I thought you were gonna be Asian, which I used to get that. I'm like, I know, <laughs> my name is Shaylee. I know that you thought I was gonna be Asian, <laughs> right? But if I took offense to that, then it would be a whole different story, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really about the response and then really how that person responded. Because there are other times where people responded to me negatively after finding out that I wasn't Asian. And so, but as but I still stay neutral because I'm still my same person. I can't change. <laughs> You're still talking to the same person. You change, and I can't control you. So I'll control me. And that's really my advice when it comes to those sorts of things. It's like you really can't control other people that work with you. You can't control what they do. And a lot of this space, whether whether it's racism or microaggressions, a lot of this comes from a space of ignorance. And are you willing to teach? Are you willing to help someone grow? And if this person is your coworker, possibly be your friend, like I said, if you don't come into contact with other people that look like whatever they look like or sound like whatever they sound like or from wherever they're from, then this could be a, a learning space for them. And most of us really are just over that. You know, they're like, come on, it's 2018. But trust me, we all live in our bubbles, right? So... Um, it's really about our response and we just have to, you know, you know, respond, res respond accordingly. So I want to make sure I answer your question though. <laughs> My thing is, should I have to, but should I have to educate that person? You know, like, I mean, you don't touch my hair. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, you might be enthralled and you're all excited that, you know, my hair can be long one day, short right. tomorrow, curly, straight, but don't touch my hair period yeah. right you know doesn't it doesn't matter to me right. that you're trying to figure out what i'm doing to my hair because you possibly can't do it but still don't touch. like i shouldn't have to educate you to be like yeah yeah most people like hey, hair. Well, wait a minute i was gonna correct you but i said no they know where they are it's post-COVID. Right. It's post-COVID. Yeah. You know, we get in the house. Pre-COVID or post-COVID. You know how to get there. Right. right. But but still, regardless, I mean, again, that was why I said the question, are you willing to educate or if you're if you're not? Because some people are still ignorant. It doesn't really matter how old people are or whatever. People still don't know. Or maybe they feel comfortable with you where they feel like you you've that you know they you've exceeded that level of friendship. It's like, oh well. You know, I know that's not a thing to do, but Brandy's my friend. Teresa's my friend. So she'll let me touch her hair, right? And so my thing would be, I would say, you'd be like, actually. Right. Don't. I don't, man, don't touch my no, hair. That's not really cool. And just so you will know, don't do that to other Black people because that's kind of a rude thing. And so that's what I mean by educating because a lot of times just people don't know, right? So that's really where we are. Just people don't know. And I think, um, so the one that the microaggression I get all the time is, oh, you speak so well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like that one. But <laughs> I remember I have a close friend and we talked about this whole idea of the Black person being talking proper or talking white or well-spoken, right? Um, mm -hmm. And when I had the discussion with him, his mom years later brought this up. Oh, that's your well-spoken friend. And he goes, wait, you can't say that. And so she's like, but she speaks well. No, no, let me tell you why that comes off as racist. Let me tell you why that comes off. So he was able, because I, we had, I didn't have to educate him, but because we had the discussion, 
then he could go and have a discussion with someone else. And I think everybody, listen, I don't like to be touched. You don't touch me in general. Don't be my three foot space in general, right? But by having the small conversation, it becomes a snowball effect of, am I able to help 10 more people down the line? Do you have to do it every day? No, but maybe you have that discussion with the one person and then it trickles down. And now we have 10 less ignorant people in the world who can then go spread out in the domino effect. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. And it's up to them if they want to re-educate everyone else, right? Because the, the information can just go, you know, you've educated that person, but that doesn't mean that they're going to take it in. But at least you get to say that I, I did. I was just with someone who used the word, the M word, the, the midget word. I'm like, you don't use that word anymore. <laughs> it's little people, right? So so you don't say those things. So it's up to that person to move on and say, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't, re- I didn't really know that. So well, yeah, I mean, I, and I do agree. I absolutely agree. You know, I just think that, you know, a lot of times as you know, African American, especially women, you know, we tend to always are always trying to educate. And sometimes it gets exhausting that, you know, I am tired of saying, <laughs> don't touch my hair or <laughs> let's not talk about the well-spoken person, you know, or, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's just, oh, can we, can you educate yourselves or can you be open to look that up? Or, you know, can you at least be mindful of the things that you speak? And of course, you know, that's what we want, but it's just like, it, it's, it's tiring. And it's yes. like, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. And I feel like that's the double-edged sword with anything we're talking about race or just any type of division. It's a double-edged sword. Yes, we can do those things. Yes, we know these things, but these other spaces. And yeah, and so, yes, the the, the Black female is exhausted in, in all aspects in life, <laughs> right? But if you're not a Black female, you may not know that. Right. We, we have the stats on our own demographics, you know, we own ourselves. Right. That doesn't mean everyone else is taking a, a running list of all of our accomplishments. And so I'm always happy to explain them. <laughs> <laughs> Before you forget it, whenever we get a chance, <laughs> let me explain what we have given to this world. <laughs> wow, we, you know, everybody should read a book about the black female. I mean, yeah, yes. from black men to the white man. Everybody needs to read the book. Everybody, we everybody. should be at the spa. Like I feel like a black woman should always be up in the spa because we need it. I mean, every day, just leave work, go to the spa, stay a couple hours, just to reiterate. <laughs> I want to reiterate. So, if anybody listening, we will take spa gift cards to okay. No Further Questions pocket. Slide in our DMs sponsors who have spas believe me we will shout you out we will promote you just in our dance. <laughs> okay so like so do you think that um and we have been talking about a workplace so but why is it tolerated in the workplace is it because we're comfortable with these microaggressions like the, or is it just the fact that it is just curiosity is it more curiosity because somebody really is like oh my gosh she had short hair yesterday in Today, her hair is literally down her back. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, here we go with a double-edged sword again. I I don't want to overuse the analogy, but basically, first of all, from from an HR perspective, people go to HR about every little thing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so by the time they see you coming down the hallway, they're like, oh, my goodness, what is she coming about now? You know what I'm saying? So not everything is an HR issue right? You, everyone you work with is a responsible adult, but also the flip side is that is if you have an issue and you try to tackle it yourself, then maybe you're aggressive. Maybe you, maybe white like woman aggressive. Hey, well, I didn't say that. Why did you say that, Brandy? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I have a whole comment on that when we move to a particular video about right. comments on that, but yes, angry black woman aggressive right sometimes you know you know maybe maybe we you know sometimes we try to go the right channels and regardless of which route you you take it may not be the right way to go you know because there is no there is sometimes standing up for yourself you know takes a lot of courage and then sometimes you have to knock a few doors down it is it is the 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 i would say the assumption 
that we are angry, that all we do is complain, um, and that we're always, you know, that is what, that's what media and what, you know, what Hollywood has done to us, unfortunately. And so we really have to, you know, in, in my opinion, just really show them that it's not true, you know, in real everyday life. Um, and I think, unfortunately, we have to, we have to take that. We have to accept that is our responsibility, that that is the assumption, right? And if you do go to HR and you do have an issue, you know, that you make sure that, you, you know, it's well thought out, it's well documented, that you, you did try to take a few steps. You did go talk to your supervisor. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable with that. Using the right tone. Sometimes if we show up in HR and we're already angry because we didn't say anything about it the first 20 times or the first 50 times or whatever. Sometimes it's just seen that we, you know, that it is um, like we're having a bad day, right? Um, as we see what other people do with their bad days, they go kill up a lot of people when they're having a bad day, mm -hmm. right? But on our bad day, maybe they think that we would go to HR and make a false, you know, a false claim. But I would say you just want to have your ducks in a row if you do have to go to HR. But to answer your question, why is it accepted? I think a lot of times that we try to be as cohesive as possible at work. You know, a lot of times work is your second family. You're there more than there than at home and, and oftentimes. And you just want to keep it neutral and try to keep it peaceful. And you don't want to complain about every little thing. Um, and then you think, okay, well, I'll just be more quiet. I'll just do, there's all sorts of reasons why it's accepted. You know, you're not heard. You're not, when, when you do make a complaint, <laughs> they don't hear you or you don't make it at all because you're afraid of retaliation. Either way, those, these are issues, right? And also I would say just a lack of leadership um, showing how acceptable or unacceptable it is, right? If people felt comfortable with going to upper management about these sort of issues, then it wouldn't be more of an issue. If people felt like there was gonna be uh, consequences for their actions, then maybe they would think second and third and fourth about saying certain things and bullying people at work, right? So, um, so the, these is you know to me I, I say it's more or less leadership, but small you know everyone doesn't work for a large organization. Large organizations go out their way with training and teaching and making sure everyone understands the culture because it's so many people. So you have to you know educate the masses. But if you work for a medium-sized company, a small company, it's like oh, oh you know how Taria is, right? So this is why it's accepted because it's just the culture. We create a culture and people are just, you know, they don't want to change. Change is hard, as we all know. It's difficult for us to change and change everyone around us and, and try to corral everyone to change. So it's just easier just to be quiet and keep it going. And so that's why we still have these issues. Well, you mentioned training. So do you think di diversity training works? One, do you think it's needed? And do you think, does it work? I absolutely believe in diversity training. I absolutely do. Like I said, there are many times that you're the only brown face or person of color that your coworkers even see. You are the represent you're, you're the representative of the entire culture. That is a big responsibility, right? But it is true. If, if even if you weren't a black female, if you were an Asian female or Hispanic female, it doesn't matter. You are representing the other. So, um, so it's you know I personally think we are a part of the education. It's sad, but it's true. So, but I do believe in diversity training. Diversity training is expensive, right? Mm -hmm. So when companies are cutting, they're not they're they're not going to start with laying people off, they're going to start with training, educating people. That's, that's the first space. So, and so we're talking about, you know, really good sized companies. What about companies who don't even, even start the training, right? Because it's too expensive to have a consultant come in because that might make it, make everyone upset or uncomfortable, right? They don't want to lose employees trying to train them on other things. So it's really all about dynamic and culture. And if the leaders are I would say brave enough, audacious enough to change their own culture and be the leaders to say, hey, we're gonna do this. Cause it's not just race. Race is not the only space where people have issues. We also have these tapes, this same type of friction when it comes to gender. There are no women 
from from midway all the way up and it's been like that for years and it's not going to change anytime soon unless we keep shattering glass doors the only reason why we're shattering glass doors at this point black white or whatever uh race we are is because we're making people uncomfortable right we're we're getting a seat at the table and we're shaking it up and it's like oh well, i didn't think about it like that because we are coming with from the uh different viewpoints so, and just being, oh, you know, just from being a woman. And then we're coming from another space of having, being a minority. So you're definitely going to see things a little differently. And so unless your company is actually going to see that as a value, then there's not going to be much training going on, right? And we can't all work for large organizations. Do you think council culture has something to do with it as well too? Like, you know, bringing in, making people uncomfortable, making um, like companies regardless of it's expensive or not, making them do the diversity training? I think so. I think that's a good thing because we need anything to push the narrative on training the people and really just people taking the, uh, taking the necessary steps to the, in the right direction, right? We didn't, get, we didn't get through apartheid and uh, Jim Crow and civil rights by people not making people uncomfortable, right? So you, we use whatever avenues we can, we can, especially if it doesn't hurt anyone, right? Yes, can I can't, you know, I say that lightly because I know people are like, oh, cancel court, that does help, that does hurt people, it hurts this, it hurts that. I totally get it. But when you're on the whole grand scheme of things, it's moving us in the right direction. So, um, so I know that's the, you know, you might be a sacrificial lamb out there in this cancel court culture, but it's definitely driving, I would say, more of a tune for people being less tone deaf, less colorblind. And even if it's not real, because a lot of people just do things ceremoniously, right? But even if it's a ceremonial thing, that's better than not doing anything at all. Well, and I think it also, um, you're seeing more of it because nobody wants to admit this, but the gender, some of your prize employees are female. Right. And they are the ones who are coming up. And do I want to lose my top performer? Do I want to lose my star pupil? Do I want to lose this great asset to the company when I already knew that Jim's jokes were inappropriate? Right. I already knew that when his jokes came in, I kind of would close the screen before somebody else walked in the door. Or I already knew that, you know, Steve touched got too low in the back when he was touching, you know, Jane. So I think a lot of times it's swept under the rug. And mm -hmm. then what happens is, is that you do have like your number one salesperson or your, or your, your top litigator or top physician or nurse. And it's like, okay, I'm not willing to let her walk out the door or I'm not willing to let him walk out the door as a minority over somebody should have been gone a long time ago, but because of who his dad was, we don't let him stay behind. So I think some of the council culture might be too much, but I think a lot of times it's opening doors and showing um, and reflecting as to the risk management of, do I wanna let this person go? Or does, does this person actually have a valid reason to stand up and, and to speak their mind? And maybe we do need to go look and investigate some more to see is our, office workplace culture doing what the best that it needs to do to make everybody comfortable because it's to me if there's a little bit of uncomfortableness to get the whole team comfortable then that's what we got to do um for the future and the well-being of our company i'm with you i'm with you on that I'm, i totally agree i think if it's even that, that's what i mean by representation we sometimes we are the representative sometimes mm -hmm. we're the person so however we can get it, we can, we'll, we'll take it. I mean, they're small wins, but they go a long way. I agree. So I like how you brought up, you know, people's last names stay longer than what they should be in, um, like, you know, in organizations and stuff. So we're going to segue to our next one. This is one that's mm -hmm. been in the news. Everybody been talking about both per se. Sharon Osborne, Cheryl Underwood. Uh-huh. Did y'all know though? They're giving her Sharon Osborne ten million dollars to, to walk away. She probably had a contract. Y'all are law lawyers. Y'all understand how that goes. It probably was already written in her contract. Right. That if you make me leave, or if I say something, X Y Z. She has some good lawyers. She has <laughs> good well, agents. I mean, but 
been in the business for a long time, so I would imagine she has a great entertainment lawyer. Right, exactly. I just wanted to put that out there. How does <laughs> put that out there? But, but, hope, but, 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 believe that even though they wrote her a check, lump sum of 10 million, that she didn't go out kicking, screaming, and whining and complaining? Oh, oh but absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And so we can go to this clip uh, as she's yeah, watching. Clip, and then we're going to roll into making McCain clip. Roll that clip. What did he used to say on the baked beans commercial? Roll that clip. Uh, listen. Again, Cheryl, I've been asking you during the break. I'm asking you again. And don't try and cry, because if anyone should be crying it should be me this is the situation yes. you tell me where you have heard him say educate me tell me when you have heard him say racist things Ed educate me tell me it, it is not the exact words of racism it's the implication and the reaction to it to not want to address that because she is a black woman and to try to dismiss it or to make it seem less than what it is that's what makes it racist but but right now i'm talking to a woman who i believe is my friend and i don't want anybody here to to l watch this and say that we're attacking you for being racist and oh. and, and that and, and for that if i articulated i think it's anything, too late i think that okay. seeds already sown but that that is why i'm saying <laughs> for me i'm and then let's play the megan mccain clip have to reconcile with right now is whether or not race and gender are more important than qualification. So if you have someone who is more qualified, who happens to be a white straight person who is more on paper, has more experience in whatever field that they're being nominated for than a minority with less experience, are we now in a place where this matters? The View is 25 years old next year. We've only had one Asian American host co-host this show. So does that mean that one of us should be leaving? at some point because there's not enough representation there we're talking about is identity politics more important than qualifications of a job and I think that's a question going forward that the progressive left is going to have to reconcile so in my opinion can we answer her question first yeah because I'm gonna say she only on the view because her last name is McCain Oh, I yes, they should. They should definitely replace her and bring in an Asian person. Yeah, <laughs> I agree on that too. But she qualifications did not get her that spot. Her last name got her that spot. But from HR, so we can finish Megan McCain or go back to Sharon Osbourne and her mm, white woman tears. Yes, I, I mean we can start with Sharon because I, I think that the uh, Megan is going to be a you know a much longer, deeper discussion. Because in my opinion, Sharon is just emotional. And she's talking to her friend and they're having an emotional conversation that they should have had off air, right? Mm -hmm. And so, cause she did need to be educated and she is taken up for somebody that either is heartbroken or racist. I'm not really, really for sure. But what I wouldn't necessarily call him a racist what, cause I don't really know that for sure. What I would definitely say that he, um, is dismissing her or you know uh megan um her feelings and her emotions for whatever reason right and everyone just assumed that that's because she's a, a, a black girl but everyone's feeling i mean i would definitely speak for myself i felt a certain type of way because more about if they're stripping her kids names and titles and security yeah. And nobody else has had that situation ever before. Then why is that, you know, allowed this at this particular time? So I noticed she, you know, that Sharon was set off to kind of, you know, well, no, he's not a racist, you know, whatever. I think she should have been saying something else like, you know, maybe he just doesn't know. But for her to fight with her coworkers about if she's racist because she's taken up for him. Um, because that's the part of the cancel culture that we were talking about, right? So yes, you're defending this racist, so that means you're a racist too. 
But even if Sharon Osbourne wasn't racist, she is in a racist era, right? She grew up in a time where, li where life is different. And so um, I don't necessarily, I really have no opinion on if she's a racist or not, but I would definitely say that she's nobody, no different from anyone else who doesn't have to think about it. What she does live is a very privileged life, right? Very rock star life. It's a very small bubble. And if you only know the people, you know, back to what I was saying before, if you only know those people around you, you only interact with those types of things, then you only know what you know. And what is she, 70 years old? Mm -hmm. um, so, at, least. <laughs> at least, right. So all I'm saying is, why, I'm not shocked that she's ignorant about it all. She doesn't know what she doesn't know. And that can't be learned on one show, right? And I know that they want all the fanfare. They want all the media attention. It's sad that she has to leave. But it's just that to me, what I witness, I don't know what you guys witness, but what I witness is just pure ignorance, just purely unaware. You know, she's just unaware. And that's all I can really say about it. So, and I don't even think that he was worth that friendship was worth losing your job and your whole thing over. I mean, y'all can just agree to disagree. Off camera. Off camera, right, right. So anyway, I, I don't know if I answered your or your question, but to me, all I saw was misunderstanding, hurtness, more emotion than anything. That's what I saw, rudeness. And because she's an old white woman talking to a black woman, people were very offended by everything, but they're friends. So you got to kind of take it all in connotation and you know that they, they're not seeing each other in color but when we're seeing it we're like oh what is this 1950 <laughs> you don't talk to, you don't talk to each other like that like it, you know it looks like a lot of disrespect so it's just sad it's just sad i mean what can you say yeah that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's, that's it <laughs> what can you say i, 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 I my issue with it was that there was a lot of emotion. I didn't like the idea of, and I understand that they're friends, um, this idea that I have to answer your question when you want your question answered, right? Mm -hmm. You need to define this for me. Um, looking at it from the Black woman's perspective, we've already discussed how it's tiring, right? It is tiring that I have to explain well, I feel that someone is racist or someone's disrespectful to me, or why do you feel that way? And put me in a box. I can be offended because I'm offended, period. And you're, that's not, that wasn't her mother. That wasn't her grandmother. That wasn't her matriarch. If we're friends and we're on equal terms, you will not. Now, again, this is probably why I don't need to be like on full syndicated talk shows, but <laughs> you're not going to disrespect me in front of the camera and then think we're going to kumbaya once the cameras go off. I, 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 this idea that we are constantly having to explain how we feel. I wish I could. I wish I could put in the book because if I could ever get it to a book, I know it's a bestseller because I know there's so many people specifically women who want to understand black women, right. And why we are the way we are and how, how does our mind think? But I can't always put my feelings and make it sound eloquent and make you feel better about your friend and his disrespect and his numerous accounts of disrespect. Piers has been disrespectful for years. Everybody yeah. knew that, right? Yeah. Um, Sharon Osbourne has said inappropriate things for years everybody has known that you know how many times mtv has had to censor her and her husband and it was mtv so we should not be surprised <laughs> right we should not be her husband is ozzy osborne like are we really about to say the bad didn't he a bat head or something is he a what? he ate a bat head or something that's why he crazy or something i think he did that no, that's really? the drugs. That's the amount of drugs that he was on. Yeah, uh, I was just a drug addict. Or yeah, drug yeah. Addict. I mean, I know it was drugs, but I think it was like part of like all the drugs. I think he ate a bad head. I don't know. Don't quote me because you know. I just I think, um, I I just think, think from, lifestyle, occupational hazard. Right, and I just think from that 
that clip, and we only played 60 seconds of it, um, so you can go find the rest of it. But when you re when you watch it, no matter which dynamic you're looking at, there's so many flaws in that one clip. The flaws of this older woman attacking this this other woman who's grown adult for having an opinion as to how she was offended by what Pierce has said, and Pierce has offended everybody, for Sharon to be congratulated on keeping her cool and remaining yeah. the angry Black woman, even though she'd be justified in putting Sharon in her place for the disrespect that she showed her, but just the different dynamics in that. And so, yes, Sharon should have known after that clip ended and after it made all of the news that you're not keeping your job. Take your money, enjoy your money, and you and your husband, y'all go hang out together and y'all figure out, you know, how to live the rest of your life. Um, and go hang out with peers too. And maybe y'all can come together and figure out really what, since y'all aren't racist, why is everybody mad at this? So my issue was like with, um, with Cheryl Underwood, I did love the fact that how she had to, you know, remain cool, but it also pissed me off. Because I'm like, you are being disrespected. And just like always, the Black woman has to remain calm. And it was just like bothering me because I'm like, she had to, you know, she she had, she was talking calm and she was cool and definitely congratulating her. But I was like, but why? This woman came for her. This woman disrespected her. Sharon is, <laughs> and as always, and I feel like, and I've said this before, and I have not held my tongue. When it comes to the white woman, it's like, you know, we can't be popping off as the black woman, but we have, you know, protecting the, and I'm not saying she was protecting her, but it's like protecting the white woman's tears. And that's what, that's just, ah. But I really think it was so much better for Cheryl to take the, the road that she took. Yeah, she did. You know, because she was tearing up because she's, She's feeling, I think it's better for her to be the victim than the villain, right? No, I agree. But then, but oh, I agree. But at the same time, I was like, why would we have to label her as, be, like Taria said, if she would have went off of her, okay, she would have been justified. But in reality, she couldn't go off on her because then she would have been labeled as the villain. And it would have been like, but why? But right. why? You know, and I well, think that's well, we, we got a really good example of this, of just how different the roads are just this last week when the uh, when there's a lady uh, in the state Congress goes to knock on the door of, yeah. of, of the governor of, of Georgia versus lots of white men storming the Capitol and not being arrested and, and just being allowed, right? So these are, these are the type of, you know, I would say, you know, I don't know, contrast, you know, disparities, these huge differences, the whole road that we have to, she's facing a felony, right? A felony charge right. just for knocking on the door in a nonviolent way. She had a right to be there. She works there and that's her boss. That's the one she works with, right? So if she was there to plead with him about not signing the thing, there was nothing wrong with that, right? Um, so anyway, the, we are, we already know, and this is, this is the thing, what, the reason why I, I suggested earlier, sometimes that we do have to educate, I know we get tired of that, but <clears throat> sometimes we're always talking to our audience, right? And so we're just circling around the same information. But if we actually go outside of our bubbles and talk to other people, then they'll understand more. It's really coming in a place of just, you know, lack of knowledge and just a, just a level of ignorance. And I just think it's just our duty um, to, to educate. So oh, then, and and y'all didn't mention it. I was waiting for one of y'all to mention it. Why Cheryl couldn't say what she wanted to say? Because she can't, she's not going to lose her job. <laughs> I just, true. it wouldn't have taken two weeks. It wouldn't have been a two-week hiatus. Right, you know right. We would have done an investigation. Yeah, like, I, like, like I said, it's such a big contrast of what would have happened it's better that she was a. It's better that she was a victim, right? This is the role we have to pay. They have to play because, like I said, this is what Hollywood has done for us, right? 
This is Hollywood did this to us. I blame, that's just me. That's my personal opinion. This is a Hollywood thing that people have brought into everyday psyches. And so that is our idea. That is our idea. I mean, I, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not disagreeing with y'all. It's just, it just, I mean, it's, it's getting old, you know, it's, it's the yeah, same yeah. thing. And we're just, you know, like you said, even the lady in Georgia, you know, I was looking at the news the other day where there's like, oh, now there's um, disparaging um, statements in regards to the January 6th, you know, Capitol um, riot. How did y'all not see what I saw? Y'all can't prosecute. You can't prosecute. You can't bring charges to these people. But these no, the there, was, there was an officer. There was an officer that said if they were a full of, if it was the crowd was full of black men, that he would have felt differently, right? He said that it was a police officer. But we all know that, right? We all know that that is true. That right. we're seen differently. We're we're seen as threatening. That's why that's why they shoot us in the back. That's why they shoot us when we're unarmed. That's why they, you know. But uh, this is target practice, you know, in my in my eyes. Um, but these, this is what this is what happens when when we take it, and this is why the microaggressions still occur. This is why it's still going on because people are afraid to go and 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 speak up for themselves, right? So this, oh. is, this is what you get. This is what you get. Well, real quickly, let's talk about Megan um, Megan McCain because we have definitely went over our suggested time. <laughs> yes. But this is a great conversation. So, I mean, we always try to play. Megan. Okay, so all I have to say is, is Megan uh, needs to talk, right? At one time, <laughs> Megan needs to someone in, in diversity so she'll know how. So basically, yes, there are targeted <laughs> searches, pipeline candidates just for roles that is the recruitment right so a recruiter and what we would do is we would make uh we would create a reporting of the entire organization right from the bottom to the top everyone included and at the time this is a you know a, a ten thousand employee employee i mean company so it's a really large organization so we can see at all levels and all races and genders and so at different levels we you know, well, first of all, they put in lots of formulas and really allocate or calculate where we're getting disparities on race and gender. And wh whatever groups or levels, we will go and attack those areas and hire in those specific areas where they were lacking diversity, whatever that is. And diversity is not just gender and race. Diversity is also what school you came from, uh, what your background is, what industry you come from. There's different levels of, of, of diversity and we can find them in any role, in any level. And so, yes, Megan, <laughs> McCain, yes, you should give roles to people, not because they are people of color, but because they are qualified and people of color, right? So yes, I do believe that Megan was sought after because she does come with a following. Everything is about a following, right? Mm -hmm. She comes with a following. I do, I do believe that she uh, is well educated as she would be as her father is a senator. She did have a, a role at Fox. I would say that she is qualified, but there are other people just as qualified. I would say equal to or greater than, right? At her level, but maybe doesn't come with that following. And that's right. the part that she should uh, accept. People are talking about her father. Yes, yes, I get that. But she has her own Republican she has her own brand. She has her own brand and that she used to get the role. And those are all advantages as well for her. So, um, so basically, I think Megan is really smart. I actually like her on the show. I like the Republican uh slant to it i do think that we should hear it right we shouldn't just hear one one uh level of messaging or one type of communication i think she does give people she does have a role but i get i bet you there are some asian latina uh, excuse me asians and latina uh communication media specialists that are highly educated that could be republican as well that can give the same type of viewpoint but just doesn't have that same follow or maybe they do you know, so and bad, bad, bad words, Megan McCain, and I and I really like her on the show, actually. And I was gonna say, I think she's highly educated as well. She made an ignorant statement. 
Um, right. And it tells me that her what her circle looks like, right? Because if you have enough minorities <clears throat> sitting in your specifically minority females in your circle, you would never make an ignorant statement like that. You would understand that as a minority, of course we're qualified. Of course, we're overly qualified. We have we to be have degrees. Right. We have degrees. I'm trying to get a secretarial role with a master's degree. That's true. That's true. That is our true. best example is Barack Obama, honestly. I, I like yeah. to use him as our best example. He literally had to be perfect in order to be considered for the role, right? And so, and and and, and, and the extra thing that a lot of people don't talk about as far as Barack, that makes him even more exciting is that his lineage doesn't link to slavery. So he is an accepting, no one has to feel bad about him. He came here from, from, from immigration, you know what I'm saying? So people that we want to forget this, we've taken a lot of our, you know, uh, civil studies out of school, uh, you know, civics, We've taken our, we've watered down our history. We don't vote locally. We're not making sure people on the on the school board. We're not doing all these things to make sure that we stay educated. And so here we are. We're just full of people who don't get it. And it's so obvious when you have such a big divide in the in the country. People are just completely. They believe whatever is on TV. Any talking head. They don't do any research. They believe whatever people say. And it's a really really dangerous space to be in honestly so but it is where we are oh and i was gonna say diversity also includes um education levels everybody right. can't be 40 everybody years have a degree. exactly everybody can be 40 years of experience right you right. need new right. first blood right. to take things up the difference in the view versus the talk versus what's the one with tia and uh adrian the real yeah the real all of those are the age groups, right? Um, and so, that up. yes, I agree. Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, it's the same way with companies, right? That's why you wanna bring in younger people. There are um, actually some courts, like really in the federal level, where the federal courts, they want young attorneys. And they will say, if there's a young attorney on your docket, they're going to try this case. And of course, you know, the big, I've been, I'm triple board certified. I get to try my case. No, you don't, because you're going to die at some point and someone else needs to be able to take in the reins, right? And so <laughs> it's it's a that's the other aspect of diversity, right? right. Um, how do you talk to a young person? How do you um, deal with older people and be respectful and learn from the wisdom? And so, again, I think it was a super duper ignorant statement. Um, I need her to read a book and get some more friends in line. Um, so what? I think Lisa Ling, Ling? Yeah, Ling? yeah, yeah. Lisa Ling. She did fabulous on the view. Yeah. She's highly educated. Yeah. She um, is. Still doing she's great. Well rounded too. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like she has a she has a very interesting story. I mean, I, we won't talk about it. But her her just her being Asian background is very, very non-Asian in the sense of having all these degrees. Like she took a whole different route and I she would be Great. But I wanted to piggyback what Rhea just said, and then because I know we're, we're generational recruitment is a is a big thing, and and people are you know it's not necessarily something that people are talking about because it's getting kind of watered down by you know other topics and or other parts of diversity. But getting different levels of the organization is a big is a big deal. We have lots of gaps in our organizations from people um, uh, you know being boomers because the boomers are retiring and leaving and we're leaving the workspace. And then guess what? The next person in line is someone that's 20 years old, right? No yeah, one yeah. in the middle in some school. <laughs> and also, because the boomers are graduate or, or retiring, moving up, then there's bringing in the, the, the millennials are moving up, which is a whole different school of thought. They're doing training. Corporations are doing training about millennials managing, right? It's a whole different style of management, the whole style of thinking. Then we got the gen, we then we got Gen Xers that are coming. And that whole thing is another level of uh, diversity recruitment. And it is a thing. And it is a very important thing. I'm glad you brought it up, Taria. Making sure that managers understand taking direction from people that are much younger than them is a type of training. And we have to understand that guess what? 
the new school of thought is coming here and we're taking over. <laughs> and so, um, so yes, yeah, so I, I agree with all that. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. And of course we went over time as we thought we were gonna do. But it's fine, it's fine. It's always good, it's always good. So, um, so this part of the show, and of course Shay, you listen to us, we call um, Risk My Case. And so this is where, you know, you wanna like lay something to rest, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't have to be legal, it doesn't have to be about what we talked about. So, um, Taria, do you have a Risk My Case today? I always have a rest of my case. Go um, for it. I was trying to decide which one I was going with, right? Was I going with the George Floyd trial? Not George. See, I'm calling the George Floyd trial. You see? see rest my case. He's not on trial. He's, He's not. not on trial, people. It's the cop. Okay. You know his name. You only had to care. You watched him for nine minutes on his on kneel down on the on the young man so you know who he is you saw his face because he kept looking into the camera he's on trial not george floyd that's right okay um that's for all the legal the legal scholars are out there you know making the notes um but can I, can I have one a okay my one a though is diversity training if you're a minority you still need diversity training but why? I'm black. Did I step on some toes? Let me come But back why? But why? I'm black. I think some of us have some of the largest stereotypes of all. We'll be saying stuff and I'm like, we can't say that, sis. We can't say that, sis. Just because you're a minority doesn't mean it's okay for you to say other things and do reverse racism. I agree. Correct. So when the diversity training signups come around, make sure you put yourself on the list and not say, Susie needs to be on there because she said, put yourself there too. You never know actually what you might learn when you go. Shay, do you have a rest my case? Say that people need to think outside the box, think outside your head and try to figure out what you don't know. And we're making a lot of assumptions these days. And so I think we should just be mindful and say, what do we, what do we not know about this? And typically we can learn a little bit more. And so if you go in with an open mind, you can go in with an open heart. So oh, that is that is that is my resting my case. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. I don't think I have one today. I mean, I just think back. I definitely agree with Taria on this is not the George Floyd trial, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did learn something. I'm actually gonna research this. So this is kind of not a rest my case. But somebody told me this and I got to research it. Um, Minnesota says it's okay for an officer to put their knee on um, your neck, like as a, I guess, to detain. But I need to research it. So I don't know if that's true. So if anybody has heard that, but so apparently there is a Minnesota law that it is okay for um, a person to be need on the neck. And so... I want to, I need to research that more to see because okay. if that is true, then. Maybe it's, it's acceptable now. Maybe it's a new law, almost like it's okay to have voting on Sunday, <laughs> right? Before you win all the Senate seats and then after you win, then, oh, wait a minute, you can't vote on Sundays anymore. So it's kind of like that sort of thing. It might be a new... <laughs> Might be a new bill, a new. <laughs> That's why I'm gonna research it. Dun dun dun. To be continued. To be continued. <laughs> it may be. Listen, I will put it on social media to let y'all know. I would love to hear. I want to hear. Please follow up. So dun dun dun. On that note, we are out. Thank you. Thank you, Shay. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Like, this was awesome. Tell everybody where they can follow you on social media, Facebook. If you want them to follow you, they don't have to follow you. They can follow you down the street. I love it. So I am streaming on all major platforms now. I'm really excited to make that announcement. Um, I've done it on social media. So I am cool, the Cool Careers Podcast on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, IG, all of those spaces. And so I'm also, uh, so I've finished season one. Um, all of season one is on, you know, all platforms. So if you have an iPhone, just go to podcast, search in Cool Careers Podcast. I'm there. You can subscribe. 
You can leave a note. You can also rate me. Um, and then season two is coming up. So can't wait for a second season of Cool Careers Podcast. You should bring us on. I want to yes. be a guest. I just yep. threw myself out there. I just threw myself okay. out there. All right. All right. We'll make it happen. Saria, we fall in today. You are. Um, I'm about to have to leave because I'm my next Zoom. But you can follow me on Instagram, simply being T. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Probably you can talk about the case and the trial because I haven't had a chance to watch it. So if you have seen anything that you're questioning as to, is this really how it goes? Or I don't like this. Or this is what I would have did if I was a lawyer. Put it in my DMs. And then I'll tell you to go to law school. But well, either way, either way, come talk to me. Let's see what we can do. I love it. We definitely will be covering the trial too. So um, that is the goal during the next three to four weeks. We'll be covering the trial. So catch us on. And in order to do that, we will be doing some reels, maybe some Facebook lives, some commentary on our social media page. You can follow us at NFQ Pod on Twitter. No further questions on Facebook and NFQ. Look, I always forget. <laughs> and no further cue on Instagram. And you can follow me at brand underscore Janae on Instagram. So we are out. Everybody have a good rest of the week. See y'all next time. Bye. Thank, Bye. You, Thank you, ladies. Good night. Good night.